what these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Buckets brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. This is your Friday Best Bets episode in the National Basketball Association playoffs. We have so much content for you over in the Action Network app. Best way for you to track your picks as well. You can follow the gentleman that I've got on with me today, Jay Money. Follow him on Twitter at Jay Money is Money and Wheaton Brando for Brandon Anderson, NBA Futures Analyst. Uh, t- heads up, programming note tomorrow. We will do series previews on Nuggets Suns. We will do game seven previews. We will do series preview on Knicks Heat, which is a thing. Good job, Bucks. Good job. I want it noted. I've been saying don't bet the Bucks for quite a while here. That's one thing I, I have gotten right in the playoffs. Uh, we will do best bets for today, though, in the two games in the National Basketball Association playoffs. Uh, those two games being uh, the game sixes between. The Los Angeles Lakers and the Memphis Grizzlies in the nightcap. The Lakers are four and a half point favorites, total 219 and a half. And the Warriors defending champs looking to knock off the Kings having stormed back and won three straight. They are seven and a half point favorites at Chase Center versus the Sacramento Kings, total 235. You both have the same play. Brandon has a, a predictably a more complicated version of it. Uh, we'll start. Go around the table. We'll give our best bets. Brandon, let's start with you. What are your best bets for the Friday slate? All right. From the Lakers game, I've got two. I like LeBron over nine and a half rebounds. That's my favorite prop there. And then I'm going to take the Lakers to win the first quarter and win the game outright as a, as a parlay, money line parlay there, plus 126. In the Warriors game, give me Kavon Looney over 16 and a half rebounds plus assess. I've got a few other props related to that when we get there. And then old faithful time, guys, take me home. Warriors third quarter, minus one and a half. Love it. Love it. Jay, what do you got? I mean, Lakers in the first quarter, minus one and a half in a bounce back spot. If they they're gonna want to if they want to win the game, they gotta win the first quarter, in my opinion. Uh okay. I am tailing Brandon on late on Warriors third quarter. Take me home. I am taking the favorites here. I'm taking the Golden State Warriors minus seven and a half. I'm taking the Los Angeles Lakers minus four and a half. Uh, these series end in six games. We are done with this round, mercifully. <laughs> by by Sunday, uh, we will have moved. By Saturday, we'll have moved on to the second round. We'll do the caps on these. Okay. All right. Let's start Lakers Warriors or uh, Lakers Grizzlies because we have um, so many plays on it. I will go ahead and give this stat, which is a, a big guiding trend for me in this spot. Um, again, trends are not a reason. If I didn't like the Lakers, if I thought the, the Grizzlies were better, I would not bet them. But I bet the Gr- Lakers before this series, and I haven't seen anything to change my mind. When teams are up 3-2, and they're at home and they're favored, they've won uh, 78% of the time. So a 3-2 series lead at home. I'm sorry, that they've actually won 68% of the time. 
an interesting note on this. They've only covered 49%. So it's basically been a coin flip. No real edge on either side there. 23 and 24 since 2003. Uh, I did, however, look at if you were up 3-1 and you lost game five on the road, right? You're up 3-1. You let off of the, you let your foot up off the pedal. You know, you're going home. They play desperate. Those teams have won outright 76% of the time and covered slightly better 13 and 12 for 52% of the time. So what we have here is a very small trend here that, that suggests that basically three, two series at home, if it's been a back and forth affair, it's a little bit different, but if you had a three, one lead and you let slip, no, you're the better team and they should cover uh, Jay. Give me your reasons why you like the Lakers first quarter here. Yeah, well, first off, LeBron is starting to look kind of old, right? As the game goes on, he kind of loses his leg. So I want to get in and get out here. I do think the Lakers win the game. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't go so far as say that I don't trust them not to cover in this one. It's just that I'd rather take the first quarter. I need them to get off to a good start, get build a lead, right? The way they can kind of coast um, uh, the rest of the game in this one. So one and a half, basically just ask them to win the first quarter, which we know they can do. We saw them in game three coming off a loss, uh, come out and smoke them 35 to nine in their first quarter. So I don't think it'll be that bad, but I do think they know that they want to get off to a great start here, feed off the home crowd. Um, you don't want to give the Grizzlies any uh, confidence, right, going into this game. You want to kind of want to step on them early in this one. That's how I look at it. Uh, I expect these guys to be ready to go in the first quarter. I'll take them in the first quarter, minus one to have, and I think they win the game as well. I think Memphis threw everything they had at them in game five. I just don't think that they have much left. Um, the first quarter, kind of an interesting spot here. Um, I need to look at some of the numbers historically. I'll do that while Brandon's giving his answer. Brandon, uh, you 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 don't want to lay that money. You were going to go ahead and <laughs> combo this with the parlay for them to win the game. Uh, why do you like that play better? Yeah, I'm willing to be talked out of this and talked down to just the first quarter here. So I'm going to talk through with you guys. But yeah, I, I don't know that the takeaway from game five is a whole lot more than I'm not really sure why LeBron got on the flight. Like... I think we we can we saw them make a push at some point, and then we saw the push go quickly the other way. It felt again. I, we're not giving the Grizzlies enough credit. We I said this in game two as well. Like, oh, the Lakers just didn't show up with energy. Okay, well the Grizzlies did, so they get credit for that. But to me, looking at the first quarter numbers in the series, the Grizzlies are a totally different animal at home, and especially at home in the first quarter. Regular season at home. They're a plus 18 in net rating in the first quarter. We've seen that this series. They won the first quarter last night by 14. They won the game by 17. So they basically built a huge lead and then played even ball the rest of the way. Game two, they won the first quarter by 11. They won the game by 10. Built a huge lead in the first quarter, played even basketball the rest of the way. The other three games that the Lakers won, they won the first quarter. Game one, they won by five, won the game by 16. Game three, 26 points. Remember, that was the 35 to 9 end of the quarter. And then game four, they won the first quarter by six, won the game by six. So first quarter winner in the series is five and L. They've it's teams to me, we're seeing an energy differential. We see either the Lakers have it and LeBron has it and they show up, or we see early, like, oh, I don't know about this one. I think the Grizzlies are just the younger, hungrier team. So that's where I like the first quarter go the Lakers way if you like them here this for me is when I get creative with these picks this is me saying I don't want to lay the the points on the spread for the Lakers cover I think that they win 
that trend that we've talked about, Matt, that trend has not been good this week. The, the, the teams that the underdogs are covering, but not winning. So this is me avoiding that taking Lakers first quarter to, and to win at plus 126 saying, okay, I do have a few doubts about the Lakers just a little bit, but I think if they set the tone early and look good in the first quarter, then that should also imply that they win and give me my, make it worth my money. Give me the plus 126. So that's kind of where I got myself to that angle. The other thing too is the Grizzlies have actually been quite good in the second quarter. Like I looked at that as its own play. I'm going to avoid that, but that's partly why I isolated just the first quarter. I do think it could set up for a live bet situation. We've seen Lakers be so good late in games. So if they get an early lead, Grizzlies kind of fight back. You might get a spot to bet Lakers that way too. So that's kind of how I'm framing the game here. Teams up 3-2 that are favored at home have won the first quarter 62% of the time. So That's on the money line or ATS? Money line. Okay. So, however, I would also say this. If they win the first quarter, I just looked this one up. If they win that first quarter, um, they are 20-9 and nine at 69% against the spread for the full game. So I guess like my question there is like, why are you like, you're taking the money line on the Lakers, right? Uh, it's the it's the money line first quarter and full game. Yes. Just lay the five. You'll get a better number. Lay the five for the full game. Like, but it's not a better going, number because I'm getting a plus 126 when I take the combo. Right, but like, but you can do, do the, do, do, I mean, that's what I'm saying is take the parlay. Now I'm not saying to just take the, the spread. I'm oh, saying, I see Parlay the first quarter, quarter first quarter money line and the spread. Yes. Yeah, that's probably a good good call. I should look it's, into that. It's four and a half, right? So we're in that zone where they're yeah. probably like there's a there is I would say that there's a strong chance here that you're gonna get an opportunity for them to hit free throws. Now look, it could go wrong for sure, but I think that there's I don't know that that I guess like here's the question, Jay, is 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 from your perspective. Is the risk associated with the brutality of the Lakers not covering the five by like a point or whatever? Is that worth just like, do you just want to buy the insurance at plus is 126? Is that right, Brandon? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking up. It's 126 if you just do it with the full game money line. And right now at our sponsor, FanDuel, if you play first quarter with the minus four and a half spread, then you can get plus 169. So you're Oof. getting an extra 43 cents payout there. I think I like it. What do you think, Jay? I want the insurance. Uh, I'd rather just take, uh, <laughs> ask them to win the game. Uh, obviously, it could be a close game. Grizz is in desperation. Obviously, I mean, the Lakers should cover this one, but um, if you're going to tell me I can still get plus money and just ask them to win the game, if it was north of plus $2 uh, for me to take the spread, then that's when it'd be like, okay, it's valuable for me to do it. But just 40 cents there, um, I'd rather take the plus 126 and just ask them to win the game. Yeah, I will say I said twenty and nine. That's sixty nine percent. That's for the that they win the game outright. So that's that's your original one twenty six. Um, ATS it drops to sixty two percent, eighteen and eleven home favorite in game six. So I don't know. Like I feel like as a long term better, your better play is to get that extra. Like that's a big jump yeah. there. Like on forty. It seconds. is. I, I'm on a Jay and I bet differently. As always, I'll take the aggressive angle. So I'll I'll go for the higher payout. And again, we've, we talked about the line difference here. Four and a half is not a lot. So if the Lakers do win the game, like the Grizzlies, this is their season. This is the end. So you have to foul. You have to, it's not like they're just going to like let the clock run out in the last five seconds down four or something like you're going all the way. So uh, I'll, I'll take the risk. I'll take the extra juice. 
Uh, on our disastrous day yesterday, I had Jared Vanderbilt over 11 and a half points and rebounds. He had eight <laughs> in the first quarter and then nothing. He finished with uh, nine versus the 11 and a half. I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any sense of Ham's rotation here. Usually it's like, yeah, he's going to play this guy. Like, and I know that Vando got in foul trouble. I get it. And the end of the game was garbage time, but I'm just like, really? Like sometimes it's Rui. Sometimes it's Vando. There's no rhyme or reason. Don't have any sort of, like, I have no idea uh, how to, how to rotate through that. Um, so I'm going to stay away from the rebound props in this one. So uh, you like LeBron over nine and a half on the rebounds. Why do you like that angle again? Yeah, so I, I think you have to play a rebounds angle here. We've seen increasingly as the series has gone on, both teams are just matching the offensive glass. And both teams are missing a lot of shots, and we see more missed shots usually late in the series as well. So I think just lots of offensive rebounds, and LeBron is averaging 12.4 rebounds a game, obviously inflated by the, the heroic 20-rebound effort that he had. But LeBron and Anthony Davis are averaging six offensive rebounds a game together. So, and LeBron has gotten a bunch of those. He's getting like two, three, four a game. And that's just, it's a different LeBron. You know, he's a little older and a little slower now. So he's playing a little closer to the basket. And the, the man knows what things he can do and what he can't do. And there are more things he can't do now, but it means that he's tapping into what, what can I do? And that's win the game physically and in the interior. So over nine and a half rebounds, he's had at least nine every game. So he went under by a half rebound by the hook on one of these. Otherwise he had 10, 11, 12, and 20. So I think I think that's a good play, even though you're drinking a little bit of juice here. It's a minus 140 right now, but I think that line should be a bit higher. You want to get creative here, and of course, I always like to get creative. LeBron triple-double is 12-1. to 1. We know he's going to score 10. He has to get 10 rebounds to hit the rebounds here, so we're now at 12-1 to 1 to hit 10 assists. He's not done that this series, but in game four, he had seven assists on 21 potentials. So... 12 to 1, that's just too long. I don't think he's going to do it, but 12 to 1 is too long if you like the rebounds. But the other thing I looked at is either LeBron or Anthony Davis, one of them has had at least 17 rebounds in each of the last three games. Davis had 19 last game, 17 in game three, LeBron had 20 in between. Lots of rebounds. There's no numbers for it yet. But when we get LeBron plus 16 rebounds or 16 plus and Davis 16 plus, they'll both be really long numbers. I might play both of those and just basically say, okay, give me a Laker to get 16 rebounds and kind of bet on lots of missed shots too. So some creative long shots there, but the base play is just LeBron to hit the rebounds. All right, let's go to uh, Warriors versus Kings as the champs look, you know, looked dead in the water after game <laughs> two. And look, here they are once again, about probably to, uh, advance here i'll go ahead and give my cap like on top of the fact that these these favorites tend to win um there's been no indication that the uh kings have figured out how to counter the like the golden state's getting better as the series goes on and a lot of this i think is if you if we kind of dig into stuff mike brown had such a had such a heads up in terms of knowing what the warriors want to do and having worked for them and understanding how to how to counter them and how to attack them but like a lot of it was just like the crowd was really awesome for games one and two and the, the Kings played really well and they were still pretty close games. And now we're just kind of seeing like the edges went out more and more and more. Um, Sabonis is still such a huge negative. That's a problem. Like it's just, it's very difficult when you're trying to like, 
win these games when you're when your best player is simply not best player your second best player is so ineffective uh Sabonis was a minus one last night he had 21 and 10 with four assists and was a minus one shot nine and 15 from the field lost his minutes like that's a problem um you know fox shoots nine to 25 about the you know the concerns about the finger i think were a little warranted but the I just think that the Warriors are figuring out how to defend him more. They're getting used to the speed. It happens over the course of the series. Just get used to guarding a guy. And the starters simply are not good enough versus the fact that the Warriors with a chance to advance the second round will continue to play their guys' heavy minutes. Also, here's the thing. Clay Thompson was absolute dog shit the first two games of the series. And guess what? He's no longer dog shit. Like, this is the thing. is like Clay's going to have games where he's absolutely terrible. He'll have games where he's absolutely terrible in the rest of the playoffs. Then he'll have nights like last night where – we're recording this on uh, Thursday morning where he's 10 of 19 from the field for 25 points, five of 11 from three and a plus 14. They're getting great minutes from Kevon Looney. Uh, Jay, I'm a little like, I'm surprised that you're not on dubs here. Tell me why you're not on dubs in this spot. Um, Well, I would maybe, I expect him to win the game, but I do think it could be a little bit closer. I could see this being like a game four. Um, If you are betting at FanDuel or our sponsors, you can take like Warriors one to 10. I think that's a great bet here. It's mm-hmm. usually at plus money. Uh, Basically, they have to win from anywhere from one point to uh, 10 points. Um, Obviously, they have to win the game. So I do think this one could be a little bit closer than people expect. Obviously, the Kings are, this is possibly their last game of the season. I expect them to leave it all out there on the floor. I could just really see another one where they have a chance to win the game. It comes down to to a last second shot they'll pro- likely lose but i do think they'll give it everything they got um fox i mean i know that he's hurt but he didn't really look too banged up in this one so um yeah i'm not laying a seven and a half with the warriors in here i do expect them to get it done but i would maybe take uh, uh warriors from one to ten if i'm making a play on this game uh brandon in this one uh you've got we're doing warriors third quarter i don't know that we needed to like do a whole thing on warriors third quarter if you're listening to the show you should know warriors third quarter they're the Best third quarter team of all time. And we just see it consistently in these homes. At home, they are the best third quarter team of all time. I, I think it's it's extremely light. Uh, I It's only one and a half. That line is preposterous. Like, come on. Come on. Like, Warriors third quarter in, in game four? In game four was like minus, live was minus four and a half. Like, they're going to win this third quarter. Um, they're likely going to win the game. You can give thoughts on third quarter if you want. I I am definitely with you on Kevon Looney over 16 and a half rebounds. I was on his his uh points and rebounds prop last night and or rebounds and assists prop last night and that cashed. So, um give me your thoughts on Warriors Kings. Yeah, so I'm going to start with thoughts on the game because I think it actually sets up the Looney play as well. So, uh, you're right, Matt. I think that the Kings just got those first two home games, and that's an easy narrative, and it's an easy tell. It's, it's true. The, the crowd was awesome. The Kings were awesome. And I do think that the Warriors have slowly figured things out as they've gone. Another thing, though, it's not just the home road splits. And home road splits are real, very, very real. Warriors, third best defensive rating at home, third worst on the road. I don't know how that happens, but it's happened, and we're seeing it in the playoffs and we've seen this too. Warriors, two home games, 11 turnovers in those two games, 16.3 on the road. That's five extra possessions of Warrior shots. So that's a lot of points that changes from home to road. Kings, 29 free throws per game in their home games, 20 on the road. You're getting the home whistle. They're not going to get that here. So I think you have to like the home team here with the, the huge home road splits we've seen from the Warriors. The thing that I noticed though, so The game last night, game five win, the Warriors went 39 of 58 on two-pointers. 
67%. They had 33 assists. This was part of my cap coming into the series, and I was wrong early in the series. We remember game one. Game one, we got to a close fourth quarter. We had the shot chart, right, where the Warriors shot threes, 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 all threes, the whole fourth quarter, like 23 threes and four twos. They shot 50 threes in that game. Here's the progression of number of two-pointers the Warriors have taken as the series has gone on. Game one, they took 40, then 42, then 50, 56, 58. Every game, the Warriors are taking more twos. The big leap came in game three. And I'm going to say this, and I know it's just going to sound like Brandon Warriors truther. I think the Draymond suspension accidentally saved the series for the Warriors because that is when Steve Kerr switched to the one big lineup, putting Kevon Looney in the middle alone and opened the offense up. And I think really that was the big change as much as the home road split. It spread the offense out. It's opened up Looney as this absolute monster short roll guy on the offensive glass and passing. And the Warriors have been down to only 36 threes the last two games compared to 50 in two of the first three games. So that lowers the variance and they're hitting 60% of their twos for the series. So an offensive rating has gone up a lot in that stretch too. So to me, all of that is where I think the Warriors have found some answers and those answers carried over even to the road game where they're not supposed to be good anymore. Why third quarter? There is one quirky thing here that I think helps us a little bit. This game tips at five local, right? Because the Lakers have to play also and they can't overlap the games because, oh my God, please never do that again, NBA. My head is spinning from last night. It was awesome, but too much. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so it's a weird spot where the the early start could kind of help the home team, right? If the crowd is not really present yet, a la Miami Heat and the road team gets into it a little bit. So I think third quarter, you like it because either maybe the Kings actually got off to a good start and now the Warriors need to make their push and we know that's when they do it in the third quarter or you get more of a game seven setting. Kings kind of hang around early. They're trying, they're pushing. Then you come out in the second half and the big home team push comes and that's the third quarter avalanche. So I think we get multiple outs that way. That's why I like the third quarter, particularly this game. You can do Warriors third quarter money line, full game money line, and that FanDuel, that same game parlay is minus 108. So you can basically say, like, I think they're going to win the third quarter and they're going to win the game. And to me, that 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 tracks. Like, I wouldn't be actually surprised if the Kings were up at half. That wouldn't shock me. Um, and Jay, Jay's comment about, like, this could be close. Like, I am laying seven here. It's probably not, not, probably not the move. So, like, if you're going to do this, I definitely think third quarter. Um, and if you want to get on the, on the game and you don't want to lay as much as the, you have to lay for their money line, which is considerable in this game. Um, this is one of the problems I think with the Warriors is like they're a great side to play. It's just like the market's so so juiced for them. Like it's just so yeah. juiced for them. We gotta do Kevon Looney. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, yeah. let me all just get quickly to this. So Looney, I mean, you've watched it. We've all seen Looney just dominating the glass. 20, 14, and 22 just rebounds the last three games. So the rebound assist line here is 16.5. There is every possibility Looney just goes over that with just his rebounds. But oh, by the way, he has nine, six, and seven assists in those games too. He's getting these short rolls. The Warriors are deadly on cuts. And he's hitting these guys rolling to the rim. So I think like he's at 29, 20, and 29 rebound plus assists the last three games. We're getting a 60 and a half here. So as long as that scheme keeps up, I like that one a lot. 
And then also assists, you can get five assists for plus 165, seven assists for plus 675. He's done that two of the last three games. So you got to know my aggression. I'm playing those a little bit too. Two other ones, you can, I guess, I'll, I'll write about them or tweet. Draymond points over. He's been aggressive the last two games. Steph turnovers under. He has gone under three and a half turnovers, 11 straight home playoff games and 21 of the last 23. Like the Draymond look, uh, Brandon. I just wanted to say real quick, I think that's something that they figured out that they were kind of really relaxing off Draymond. <clears throat> He's doing like fake dribble handoffs, things like that, getting to the basket pretty easy. I think he had 21 points last game. Uh, they didn't want to say what they figured out. I think that's what it is, that uh, Draymond is going to be a more offensive force in this uh, series. So definitely like his points over. Interesting. Okay. Uh, before we get out of here, I do want to touch on the Milwaukee Bucks flame out versus the heat. We'll talk heat next tomorrow on the pod. Um, I have a column going up on action network that kind of details my thoughts on the Bucks flame out. It, it kind of comes down to this is I wasn't brave enough to bet against them in the series versus the heat. I had picked uh, heat. I actually bet a little bit on heat four three, which is uh, which didn't win. Cause they didn't even get to the game seven. I was like, no way does Milwaukee not take at least three, you know, three games. No. <laughs> nope. Um, I think that we're going to see significant changes with the Bucks. This is not, mm -hmm. I don't have like, I'm not reporting that I've heard that anyone, like they haven't made decisions on anything, but I will say that the Bud stuff is like a long time coming and winning the title bought him time. And he used up all of that time in the series when he put in one of the, for the, he put in the worst coaching performance I've ever seen JB Bickerstaff, not, not give. Um, and so we're going to see changes here. I, it's possible they go the other way and they're just like, we're not going to like, sometimes teams really dig in and they're like, they're so against overreacting, you know, they're like, we don't want to overreact. Um, my reaction would be like, sometimes you should overreact. You should overreact if you're the one seed and you lose to this trash heat team that could not hit a bucket this season. And then later in the year when they could shoot, couldn't defend. We should probably make some changes in that context. Uh, so I think that we will see some changes both in the coaching front. And then especially part of this is like, there's good coaches out there, like Kenny Atkinson, Frank Vogel, and of course, Nick Nurse. It's like three coaches that are very widely and highly respected. Um, Quinn Snyder would have honestly been a good fit too, even though Quinn's mm -hmm. got a history of, of the, some of the same playoff issues. Um, I think... Like Chris Middleton's got a player option that's been talked about for a while. I've been reporting on that all season. Like this is not coming from the Bucks, but people around the league are like, "Yeah, we we think that mid's going to be available. That you can get mid this summer. We'll see." The Bucks may be like, "No, we got to keep mid no matter what because their options are very limited." If they like, if they liquidated everybody except for the roster, the, the contracts that they have on roster for next season, they would still only have seventeen million dollars under the cap. Like. They don't have a lot of good options here. Uh, Brooke Lopez, unrestricted free agent. And Brooke probably wants to get paid considering that he was a DPOY candidate this season who was putting in 30 burgers like late in the season. Like Brooke was amazing this season. I think there's going to be changes. I don't know what that means. This could get really bad. This could get really, really, really bad in a hurry, depending on what happens. And when the NBA I always kind of lean towards that happening, or they might stabilize things and everyone might be like, <laughs> no, we've got something that we believe works. We just need to change some things and, and figure it out. Um, but I do think that like, this is a, it's a monumental failure. They should not have lost to this team. I don't want to hear about the Giannis injury. You have to be good enough to beat the eight seed, even with Jimmy Butler doing what he did. Like I'm not denying 
I, I have the numbers for you about the Heat's shot variance, and boy, they better hope that continues because they don't have Tyler Hero or Vic, or Vic for the next round. Um, but I think there's got to be changes coming for Milwaukee. It's like that everyone really wants to talk about Giannis's quote. I don't really care. Like, just straight up, I don't really care. But when we're looking at the future's context for next season, I will tell you, um, Brandon, I kind of wonder if the – if we have have reached the apex of the Bucks, and if they are a no bet going forward for a number of reasons. Yeah, I mean, we, we've got a lot of time to chew on this one. I, personally, I love the Giannis quote, but we won't get into that. Uh, I've checked my phone twice, I think, during this podcast to see if the bud has been fired, news has broken yet. It just feels like an inevitability at this point to me personally. The Bucks made five field goals in fourth quarter and overtime last night. Five field goals in 17 minutes of play. The last two games of the series, they got outscored 83 to 49 in fourth quarter and overtime. You can't do that. And Matt, your your takeaway is, do we have to stay away from, from Bucks futures? And I, I can't take credit for this because I didn't. I, I bet the Bucks a couple of times. But since we, we got the title run, but I've wondered ever since then, Man, are, are we sure? Are we sure the Bucs are just like totally fine now and they've solved the late game offense and everything is fine? We wanted to think that once they won the title that they had things figured out, but it felt like, you know, they, they caught some breaks there. Everything counts. You only can be the teams in front of you, but they were down 2-0 in the finals. Like we were writing the eulogy for the Bucs team and that they couldn't come through. Even then we were writing the eulogy in the Eastern finals when Giannis was, was hurt and it looked like that might be the end. It was not a convincing title run that year. And they've now we've seen what happened since then. We saw what happened to this Miami team twice now. So I, I think that there has to be major questions. And I love what Giannis said, but when you're the guy, and when you're the guy we're talking about as the best player in the league, you can't look like that down the stretch. You can't be hot potatoing the basketball because you're terrified to shoot a free throw. You like that matters. You, you can't be the number one player in the league if that's what it looks like down the stretch. So I think there's a lot to think about here. I think just context on what this looks like in NBA history, the Bucs were minus 1,200 to win the series. This is the fourth biggest NBA series upset ever as far as we have tracking to go back. And the other three is all eight ones, just like this one was. And I don't know. <laughs> this is a shocking upset. This is... Now the sixth straight year, the team with the number one overall record missed the finals. This is the fourth straight year that team did not even make the conference finals. That is shocking to me because historically, I always just believe favorites win in the NBA. That's what we've seen for so long. And I think, Matt, you and I were texting about this last night. To me, that those number one overall regular season team missing, that's a conversation about the regular season. And... How much, if anything, does regular season still mean the Bucs get credit? They won the regular season. They were the one seed, but it didn't really get them anywhere. So to, to me, that's a big question is, what do we learn about regular season versus playoffs looking at this? Not just for the Bucs, but for everyone. I'll say this. Hey, big, the, the, uh, I just want to say one thing. Yeah, hey, Jay. My th thank Giannis eggs uh, out. I said this early in the year. Everybody everybody got all over my head. If not this summer or next summer, Giannis will ask for a trade. I do not I do not think he wants to be in Milwaukee anymore. If they if they fire the coach and blow up the team, he's definitely leaving. Uh, so that's just my take on it. Oh, I'll, I'll push back hard on that. I think that, that firing the coach would be a big move towards keeping him. Hmm. That's my impression based off of not 
He wants to be in LA, guys. I don't, he has hey, a house I don't disagree. Like, this is where everybody does. Like, he's at that point in his career. Everybody, <laughs> KD was like this. KD was like, love, I'm just humble and here and great and everything's great with Thunder. And then, like, everybody just wants to live in California. That's what every NBA player wants to do. Everyone wants to live in California. Anthony Davis in a three way trade. Anthony Davis to the Bulls, whatever the Bulls have. But no, Zach Levine to somebody <laughs> else. And then the other team stuff to the Bucks. That's how we get that done. How let, let me just add quickly, Jimmy Butler, awesome. Miami Heat, yeah. awesome. We will talk about the Heat on our Friday preview. Yep. Heat fans, you're going to get your, your plot. It's like awesome, awesome, awesome. We had to talk about the Bucks falling short here today. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy's incredible. They shot the lights out. Like That's really it. Jimmy's incredible. They shot the lights out. The Bucks pissed down their leg. That's, that's the series. Uh, one thing I will push back on with Brandon is Brandon's like, well, what about like the regular season? I'm like, this is part of my, my, my column is, all of the things that we talk about on this podcast, net rating, SRS, schedule adjusted, offensive, defensive ranks, all these types of indicators that actually tell how good you are versus how many games you win. They all said the Bucs were not that good. Hmm. So they were good. So they were good. Shouldn't yeah. have lost the eight seed. Shouldn't yeah. have lost to right. this eight seed. But it all said that they weren't that good. Yep. One of the things I think we got to realize now is that wins and losses in the regular season are too warped by how teams approach the regular season that's a better indicator. So, yeah. all right, let's go wrap it up for buckets. Thanks for joining us on a uh, Thursday, Thursday, going into Friday. <laughs> Tomorrow we'll have series previews on Suns uh, nuggets. We'll have series previews on Knicks heat. Wow. Um, and we'll have continuing coverage of the NBA playoffs. Get yourself for the game ones over the weekend as well. Make sure to follow Jay on Twitter at Jay money is money. Brandon's on Twitter at Wheaton Brando. I'm on Twitter at HB basketball action networks on Twitter at action network HQ. Our thanks to David Payne, our producer, have yourselves a great day. We'll see you guys again next time. And until then, unlike the Milwaukee bucks, let's get buckets. Action network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.